It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, everyone. Just jumping in here to give you a wee snippet of Culture Vulture, our pop culture podcast. So if you want a break from the news, you should jump over and subscribe to it. A huge thank you to Neon, our favourite New Zealand streaming service, for making this episode of Culture Vulture possible. Kia ora everybody and welcome to another wonderful episode of Culture Vulture. Well, I say it's wonderful. We've not recorded it yet, so it could <laughs> that be. That was very confident in your approach to this episode. I oh, love it. I know. Um, Liv, how the hell are you? Oh, look, pretty good. Turned 24 over the weekend. I absolutely did. I um, yeah, had the dreaded 24th birthday. I was really scared about it the for some reason. The dreaded 24th? Is yeah, that it's a thing? I know, but it's a thing in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've started looking at the lines on my face. Oh, my <laughs> God. I never did before the day I turned 24. Well, look, we listed a whole lot of silly beauty brands. If you want to get on top oh, of those lines, so, I'm sure mm. Goop's got some. Thing. I just need to get some good sunscreen. No, look, I think you need Goop twenty five thousand yeah. dollar dildo, or whatever. It was. Yeah, absolutely, some fucking caviar laced gold shit in oh my God. moisturizer. But yeah, I think that's what I need. How are you, Luce? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, but tired. Which yeah. actually, the thing that describes my week, I'm just going to launch into it. Please do. Um, sleepy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs <laughs> because I'm short and I'm tired. And I'm not often tired, but I had an afternoon nap every day last week. Yeah, which is very unusual for Lucy, if anyone knows her. She is just almost manic, I would say, oh, a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of the time. <laughs> and I think in it a just fantastic way. All caught up with me last week, didn't it? Oh, we yeah, all it did. We were a tired one. Oh, and like big weekend. Big weekend. Too. Yeah, we were meant to catch up on sleep. Did not. Did not. Absolutely not. What yeah. describes what described your week? <laughs> okay, so what describes my week is baked goods. Oh, because you had a lot of yeah, it, yeah. It was my birthday. Um, mm. The spin-off who we, the offices we work in, sent me a beautiful lemon cake. It was mm. delicious. It was. And then Isaiah, our animator for Extremely Online, sent me these amazing cookie pies. And honestly, I was just spoiled for choice with yeah. all the baked goods in my life. So yeah, that was fantastic. Is it an unpopular opinion that like I would rather you send me savory shit than sweet shit like any day of the week? I don't think time. I don't think that's unpopular. It's unpopular to me because I'm mm. such a sweet tooth. But mm. I think a lot of people would be on it. Oh, next mundane poll. Oh, I could do. You could do if you're running dry. Oh, I'm not. People have been sending me in. You guys are loving the mundane polls, they are by the so way. So good. They're very good. If any um. Brand is out there listening and wants to sponsor a mundane poll. I'll ask a question about your fucking product or something. True. Fucking great audience feedback. Oh, look, I know. True. Are yes. we our surveyors? I think so. Is that even the word? Posters? <laughs> Posters. <laughs> what do Posters. you do for a living? I'm a podcaster and a poster. I'm a surveyor. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Oh, Liv, what are we talking about this episode? Oh, my God. So we are talking about the Grammys. We are talking about the Grammys. Now, I don't even care about awards shows. No, fuck no, I knew nothing about them. This is so interesting because none of us know anything about the Grammys, why they exist, who decides, why the same people always seem to be nominated over and over and over again, but then, like, why we all still watch them still 
buy into them. It's still always on the radar. It's still always on everyone's radar. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting. So Liv's going to give us a rundown of the history of the Grammys. Some of the recent controversies. Mm-hmm. Controversies. controversies yeah, that yes. inclined. <laughs> and I'm going to go through just a short little segment about the power that TikTok has over the Grammys and like over the music industry itself. Me and Liv actually have a whole episode about TikTok and the music industry. So I'm not going to go too far into that because you should go back and listen to that episode. But the power that they hold over the Grammy noms is actually wild. And before I get into my naughty or nice, I do need to say that in the show notes of this episode, we have a podcast survey all about culture vulture. And we really, really, really need and want and especially need you guys <laughs> to fill this out for us. We want to know more about you. We want to know how much you love that Neon sponsors this so we can actually do it. We want to make sure we can keep doing it. So we need to hear what you want, hear what you love, hear what you don't love. And we really need to just have you answer those questions. So will you do it for us so please, that we please can continue do it for us? The pleading in your voice. Yeah, literally. I know. I, I really turned it on. No, you I'm did. I'm almost yeah. worried. So literally, actually diagnosed me with a vocal hemorrhage because Adele has Adele had one and I just thought Lucy has that too because you know she's done a lot of loud singing in the past (laughs) on the podcast (laughs) loses her voice far too easily and I said you have got a vocal hemorrhage my darling literally every time I drink even though I'm not shouting this this weekend I was shouting (laughs) but yeah so um that was pleading and vocal hemorrhage so give me some sympathy and go fill out the survey my first naughty or nice for you James Corden has had to apologise to BTS on his talk show after making a joke where he called all of the BTS fans, the BTS army, 15-year-old girls. Liv, you know how I feel about stan culture and not shitting on young women, especially for things that they're interested in. I absolutely do. And actually, we are going to have an extremely online episode about this. I think next week it comes out, next Friday. You read my mind. Honestly. I was literally like in here. Talk about next extremely extremely online. online. Yeah. Well, I'm a stands. We're big on stands. Mm -hmm. And so when James Corden came out and sort of sort of shed on them slightly, the BTS army, who are the stanniest of all the stands, honestly came for him a little bit. I think, did we talk about this in a culture vulture or was it just in a newsletter? I think it was just in a newsletter. Yeah, but... well, anyway, they came for him and they rated all, they rated his TV show like one star, left him real bad reviews. They did what they can. You know, there's not much you can do when you're all over the world, but they did what they can. And he is like, he was mortified. So then he got BTS on his show and he sat down and at the very start, like, the members of BTS basically put him on the spot and asked about the hot water that he got in with their fans. And James said, we did two jokes, which I didn't think were in any way offensive to anybody, which is not how you start a good apology. An apology at all. Like, I'm just going to say that I was not in the wrong. Just by the way, I didn't think these were bad. Obviously, they are in hindsight. It's like, oh. Anyway, when he said that they were all 15-year-old girls that liked BTS, it was where he think he went wrong. Of course, it's not true, (laughs) he said. He considers himself one of the biggest BTS fans on planet Earth, saying, I hope you know this. We absolutely love you, and we love the entire army. The prospect of doing anything that may have upset them, I didn't enjoy that feeling, and I hope they know that we would never do that again. So, and, and like, to be honest, 
he I his intentions he did not mean yeah. for this to be um taken badly as he said at the start of his apology and pretty funny that he actually got BTS on to like yes. sort of put himself in the firing line and which they, I do honestly respect. they didn't let him off the hook easily like they made him sort of sweat oh, it was a really good to watch we love a sweating interviewer it's hilarious oh my god well we're sweating podcasters oh, most of the time aren't my we my hands are so clammy I yeah. can't even touch my laptop anyway carry on <laughs> Disgusting. No, we love that. Um, I'm sure there's actually some goop stuff that'll clog the for you. (laughs) I think that would be clog the pores. But I do think that this is nice because he got on stage with the people that he needed to be talking to. Well, he got BTS on stage. He was talking to the fans. That's as close as he's going to get to the whole army. And he apologised. He let himself be awkward. Like, that's all we can really ask. Literally. But it's also just like, stop using 15-year-old girls as like a negative thing. Liv, honestly. We actually have a podcast on this called It's Time to Stop Shitting on Stand. So actually go and listen to that. Right? It's like if the punchline of your joke is just like a whole genre of people, then probably not. And and young women, because it's like name one thing that young women can be interested in that someone won't make fun of. Exactly. Name one thing. My next naughty or nice, Eddie Redmayne has described his participation in the trans drama The Danish Girl as a mistake, adding that he wouldn't take it on now. So speaking to the Sunday Times, Redmayne agreed that the criticism he received for appearing in the film The Danish Girl, Liv, have you seen it? I haven't seen it. It's a drama from 2015 um, about Lily Alvarez. Um, a painter and one of the first known recipients of sex reassignment surgery in 1930. So the Danish girl got a lot of criticism at the time for Redmayne's portrayal of Lily, which a trans writer, Carol Grant, described as regressive, reductive and contributing to harmful stereotypes. The world was at a place back then where, where people that were in casting weren't looking to the groups or the people that they were trying to portray. They were sort of still looking for the A-listers or people that they think would do a good job, which Mm -hmm. isn't enough anymore. It wasn't enough back then. Eddie Redmayne has come out and said, the bigger discussion about the frustrations around casting is because many people don't have a chair at the table. There must be a levelling, otherwise we are going to carry on having these debates. So he said that he made the film with the best intentions it was a mistake and we need to get more people at the table making sure that from the get-go this doesn't happen. And I thought that this was, I mean, it was it was naughty that it happened, mm. but it is nice. I mean, we just sort of saw it with James Corden as well that these people are recognising what happened, apologising for it. Yes, it may be in hindsight, but it's bringing the conversation to the table Absolutely. so that we can learn. Yeah. Like, I don't think that now that would happen. You would cast a non-trans person in a trans role. I totally agree. I think it shows how far we've come in, you know, mm. six years. I think back in 2015, I wouldn't have probably realised the, you know, importance No, I watched of... the film and I, I wouldn't have. We were in year 13 at high school and, and yeah. there weren't even conversations we would no, have No, we having. weren't having them at all. And, yeah, I think that he's obviously grown, he's yes. learned, yeah. and now he's speaking out about it so it won't uh, yeah. happen again. And that's all we can really ask from this point in time. Yeah, especially if you choose to go on the record speaking about it. You know, he could have flagged the question or said off the record. But I think if you want to make a change... Adding to the conversation, even if you're in the wrong, and what is better the right to come? To do. Yeah, what better to come from the star themselves? Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So that that's my second story. My third story and final naughty or nice: a British MP said that having a female Doctor Who robs boys of role models. This was just ludicrous, Liv. So 
Tory MP Nick Fletcher said that female replacements in shows like Doctor Who are robbing boys of good role models. He said, is there any wonder we are seeing so many young men committing crime? And like he said this in a debate um, on International Men's Day, which, forgive me, but I did not realise had happened. Did no. not realise it was celebrated. Happy International Men's Day to those who celebrate. Absolutely. Mm, not I didn't realise it happened. Um, he said, everywhere there seems to be a call from a tiny but very vocal minority that every male character or good role must have a female replacement. One only needs to look at the discussion around who will play the next James Bond. So the man's got a bone to pick. He absolutely does. And it, it just is like to me, how do these sort of people get in these high up positions with that sort of thinking? You yeah. know, like... And you know how politics, like, there are points, even in the New Zealand, like, debate chambers, where, like, it is just a game and a sport, and when there's apparently nothing better to talk about, they do just make a real show of it. Absolutely, and they do it for the media coverage. It's really dumb. It is. It's horrific. It's honestly... It's just like, if he actually thinks that, like, how can someone who has such a lack of critical thinking be in this position? That's what I always wonder. It's like, how can you... How can you be there? How can How you have be you there? got there? I know. Probably like a career politician, like studied right. to go into politics, didn't want to do it because they saw a change they wanted to make. Exactly. Honestly, put a capped term on how long one can be a politician, even an age. Put an age on it. Oh. Anyone younger than 30, um, anyone older than 30, <laughs> you're out. We're refreshing. We're hitting refresh. <laughs> the world's changed. You can go and advise something that is doesn't matter for the planet. Or Who runs <laughs> the world? Young people. Yeah. So, love, I don't know. That's that's definitely nice. I think that's nice. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Me Why just seeing a blue like that. Me seeing a blue ball. No, it's naughty. It's so, it's so, so it's naughty. It's definitely naughty. The other two just, were nice. Sorry, but you could Ratio. Yeah, they were both nice, but off the back of something quite naughty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Repenting. But you can't equate, just going back real quick, you can't equate female superheroes or female lead roles as, like, Crime statistics going up in men, which is what this fuck no, <laughs> no, this is just fuck, stupid. This is just dumb. Actually, it was it was drawing back to a point that you said. He said that they were looking up to the guy in Peaky Blinders, like like, and you yes. said that he was a real toxic role model. Oh yeah, very cold. Like all of these, so like, these are the male role models that we need. Yes, people that are just cold as fuck and don't yeah. give a fuck about anyone else's feelings or compassion. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he was getting at. Now, Liv, I'm very excited to hear about the Grammys because I do not know what they're named after, how they came to be, what the controversies are. But first, before we hear about the Grammys, I think we should hear from our sponsors. I think that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Last week, me and Liv realised that The Office and Parks and Rec are on Neon. And honestly, why and how did I not know this before? Honestly, I think it's because the world knew that we had too much shit to do and that we didn't have time to waste. Not that it's really a waste, but on, you know, fucking great shows. We had bigger fish to fry. We which did. is Which is true, true. Now, you guys know that we love Neon. Neon are the reason that Culture Vulture exists. Like, I cannot stress that enough that without Neon, we would not be in your ears right now. Um, So... You have to love them by default because we do. Exactly. And we've actually just released a survey all about Culture Vulture. And we do, well, we do actually need you to come (laughs) and fill it out for us because otherwise we kind of have no fucking clue whether we're doing a good job or not. Um, So we want to know about all the content you love and sort of 
how much you love this partnership that we're doing because it's for you guys. Yeah, and it just means that we can come back every week and talk shit, but also some smart commentary, hopefully. So please, please, please go and fill it out. We love you all in advance because I know you're going to be lovely. And in case you couldn't tell, which you definitely can because we sing their praises all the time, Neon is our favourite New Zealand-based streaming service. The best part is we all love free stuff. You can get a 14-day free trial to test it out. They also have lots of Christmassy content. So if you just, if you're 12 days of Christmas, 14 days of Christmas, you want to be filled up with all that neon content, you can go get a free trial and watch it all. Honestly, there's nothing to get you in the Christmas mood like a good old Christmas movie, honestly. Thank you, Neon. Thank you, Neon, because you're making this job a reality. I hate to do this to you all, but if you want to hear the rest, which I know you do, head over to Culture Vulture wherever you get your podcasts. Love you.